praise His name and glorify Him, thanking Him for everything He does for us. And we realize that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, cometh down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow caused by turning. Let us never let a day go by when we do not thank God for His great gifts. It's the holiday season. The world calls it Christmas. I think you all realize that you read throughout all the Bible, you do not find the word Christmas. The Bible does not even tell us when Jesus was born. If God had wanted us to know that, surely He would have revealed that, revealed that to us. The word Christmas comes from a Catholic term, a Mass given to Christ. It's alright for us to enjoy this holiday season and appreciate it, but let us not put a religious significance on it. The Lord God has given us something we are to celebrate. Not the birth of Christ, but the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. And that's why on every first day of the week, the Lord's Day, we assemble together with our brothers and sisters in Christ to break the bread, to drink of the cup that reminds us of the suffering that Jesus Christ gave us, giving His life so that we could have salvation from our sins. This is the holiday season. Opening a lot of gifts. Someone's going to be opening a gift and we open up, Wow! That's just what I wanted. Thank you so much. We find another gift and we open it up and it's, Thank you. You see, we don't always get the things we think we're going to get or what we want. Some of those gifts we enjoy and use. Some gifts we take back the next day or as quickly as we can. How wonderful it is to know that every gift from God is exactly what we needed. The physical gifts wear out. You buy a new car, you buy a new house, you buy new clothes, whatever. Eventually, they wear out. Things break down, don't fit. Last Sunday morning, I wore a my favorite tie. I've got a bunch of ties. My favorite tie in all the world. Red with the letter G in it. A bunch of them. Got home, my wife says, throw that tie away. I said, why? Because it frayed all the way across the top of it. I wore it for 30 years and loved it every minute, but now it's in the garbage can. It just did not last forever. No gift ever does on this world. We cannot bring back time. We cannot bring back good days or bad days. They're all past and gone. They can never be restored. This planet, this solar system, had a beginning. First book of God's book, first verse of God's book tells us, in the beginning, when there was nothing, God brought into existence from nothing the heavens and the earth. So all of this solar system and planet we have had a beginning. They also will have an end. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, verse number 35, Heaven and earth shall pass away. There'll be a day when this no longer exists. But God's Word will always be existence. It will never pass away. Thanks be to God for God's greatest gift. And you know the verse. For God so much loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, verse 17, but that the world through Him might be saved. Everlasting life. It is only God's Word that gives us that concept of eternity. Things that continue forever. 
there will be perpetual existence, not for my physical body, but for my spiritual body. That's why I want to live my life today in such a way to take full advantage of the greatest gift that God has ever given so that I can have the privilege of spending eternity in the presence of God and the saints of all the angels. You know, sometimes we sing that song, When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than we've first begun. How can that be? Because of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. Our limited, finite minds cannot grasp, comprehend the concept of timelessness. But from eternity, God knew that man would be a sinner. God knew that man would need salvation. God knew that only He would be able to provide that. And He gave us the greatest gift of all, eternal life, through the person of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, we all understand that and comprehend it. How will we respond to the greatest gift of all? Will I accept this gift that God has given me? Will I use it in my life? Will I use this gift to honor, honor and glorify God in the way I think, act, speak, and live my life? In our lesson today, I want us to consider how we are to respond to the greatest gift of all. First of all, I will love God. Turn with me in your Bibles in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 25, uh, 22. Matthew chapter 22. You're very familiar with this passage. Matthew chapter 22, beginning in verse number 35. Jesus was teaching one day, and one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, what is the great command of the law? The law of Moses had hundreds of different laws. Jesus, which one is the best? What's the most important one? Jesus answered and said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. He would go on later to say all other laws and commandments fall under that statement. The greatest gift any person can ever receive is salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. Christ was willing to go to Calvary's cross so that my sins could be saved, so that your sins could be saved. Therefore, I am, in response to that, willing to give my life back to Him for that gift. Because I love God, I will love Him with everything I have. My heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength. I will focus my living on living for God, not myself and not the world. Therefore, I will not like the things of this earth, the money, the pleasure, the entertainment, the work, and all these things we do pull me away from God. I will not even let me pull me away from God. You see, I found in my life, you probably have to tell in your life too, that your biggest enemy is yourself. Because you have that idea of reaching out into the world and being like the world. But I will not let myself 
be away from God. I will pattern my life after the Lord Jesus Christ. And I will focus continually on living the kind of life that this world will give me nothing, but God's will will give me eternal life. We sometimes sing that song, I gave my life for thee. Then the question, what hast thou given for me, Jesus asks. We need to ask that question every day, don't we? Are we willing, as Jesus did, one day at a time, to sacrifice whatever is necessary for us to be right with God in our lives? And the beautiful part about that is, when my life here on earth is completed, I don't have to worry about where I'm going. I have that hope of heaven, the place reserved for those who have lived their lives to God. I will receive the greatest gift of all. To this point in my life, it's salvation from my sins and the blessings that God pours out on me every day as His child. But pardon the old English, we ain't seen nothing yet. Our finite minds cannot begin to comprehend the glory of heaven, the presence of the Almighty God. Surely we will be all A.W.E. struck when Jesus comes back to this earth to redeem us and take us to heaven. Therefore, we want to love God in our lives right now. Can you imagine, and you've heard me say it many times, think about heaven every day, how wonderful it's going to be in the presence of God. My second response to God's greatest gift, I will love God's church. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 25. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 25. <clears throat> Paul in this particular paragraph is talking about the relationship between husband and wife. In verse number 25 he says, Husbands, love your wives. Bill, how much do you love Sylvia? Even as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. Do I want to get a picture of what a good husband is like? He gave it to me right there, didn't He? It also gives me a good picture of what a Christian is to be like. Loving God just that much. And because of that, I will love His church that much. I profess to be a member of the Saudi congregation. Those of you from other congregations are members of your congregations. Do you love your individual congregation that much? Are you willing to give of yourself to that congregation? You see, Jesus' love prompted Him to give His life one day at a time for you and me. And for his church that he would establish. Do I love the Saudi church so much? And again, you substitute your congregation's name there if you're visiting. That I'm willing to give my life one day at a time for this group of people. When I get to that point in my life, I'm willing to do whatever I can and be helpful in any way I can to strengthen and encourage and motivate this congregation to make it a better congregation. 
I will show my love for this congregation. Yes, by my attendance. But also, I will show my love by my activity in this congregation. You've heard me say it a million times. I hate that phrase, i got to go to church. When we love God and His church, we look forward to the opportunities to be with God's people. I spent about 30 minutes with Brother Jerry Proctor three days ago. Probably be the last time I see him. But when I left there, I realized that I had been strengthened by him. Hopefully I encouraged and strengthened him. But some of the things that he told me in private encouraged me and reminded me. Our brothers and sisters are so important to us in our lives. We care for one another. We meet each other's needs. And by the way we live our lives in a godly fashion, we strengthen them. It's a beautiful symbiotic relationship. We all grow together. Love the church of God. And I will show that by my continuous activity as an active member of this congregation. You see, when my physical body is all working together, all the parts functioning, my heart, my lungs, my 100,000 miles of blood vessels, all the organs, all of them have to work together to have the complete body. So it is with the body of Christ. All of us as members of that body must carry out our roles and functions. We can't all be preachers. We can't all be deacons. We can't all be Sunday school class teachers. But we're all Christians. We all love one another. And we will find our niche. Find what we can do. I've experienced this here and so have you. People up into their 80s and 90s with many health challenges and problems continue to struggle through their lives physically, but they want to be here with God's people. That builds me up. That encourages me. I remember as a kid growing up down in the Red Bank Church as a teenager. All the older folks that would come and help us with the teenagers and do things for us. And encourage us and motivate us. And we got to know them. They were 40, 50, 60 years older than we were. And now us people in our 60s, 70s, and 80s have the responsibility and the privilege of doing the same thing with our kids. Working together. Strengthening every one of us. We're all participants in the body of Christ. We'll show our love for this congregation. In your prayers, in your calls, in your visits, in your cards, in your Bible studies, in your notes. These things mean so much. There's hardly a day goes by that I don't get a note or two from somebody or a card from somebody. That builds me up. That strengthens me. I need that. Oh, we all need that, don't we? How wonderful it is to be a part of the Lord's church. As I go into the new year, and as you go into the new year, if you make New Year's resolutions, challenge yourself. I want to be an integral part of the Saudi church on a daily basis. Just one little thing each day. Another call, another card, another visit, another prayer. Another dish of food or carrying out garbage or whatever needs to be done. I'll be willing to make that sacrifice for this group of people who love me so much. And I want to show my love for them by that very situation. Thirdly, this morning, our response to God's greatest gift is we will love one another. Turn to Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 1.
Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 1. The writer there says, this is a real tough verse to memorize, isn't it? Four words. Let brotherly love continue. I want my lungs to keep functioning. I want my heart to keep beating blood throughout my body. I want all my muscles to keep working. Therefore, I want to do what I can to keep my brothers and sisters active and going and doing. And you see, all of us do that for each other. We love one another that much. Turn back a few pages to, uh, turn over a few pages to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 22. 1 Peter 1, 22. A great challenge for us as Christians and a beautiful responsibility. 1 Peter 1, 22. Seeing then that ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned, unpretended love for the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. I think the last word of that verse is the most important word. Fervently. That means deeply. With earnestness. It's not a casual saying, Oh, I love you. It's a demonstration physically and spiritually, of our love one for another. It is more than just going through the motions of, quote-unquote, going to church and shaking hands and patting people on the back. Because we're brothers and sisters in Christ, we have that familial relationship. We want what is best for the other. Therefore, we will love one another to the best of our ability. You realize that you and I have millions upon millions of unknown brothers and sisters spiritually throughout all this world. And going back to the beginning of the church, almost 2,000 years ago, and however much longer the church will exist, those are our brothers and sisters. What a gift that is. We read about our faithful brothers and sisters in the first century who had a difficult time being Christians. They didn't hop in their Mercedes and drive to an air-conditioned church building. They walked, rode donkeys. They did not have all the things of life that we have today. Physical living was one day at a time. They underwent persecution. Many of them were imprisoned. Many of them were killed for their faith in Christ. And that every time you read about that in the New Testament, you see the reaction of their brothers and sisters coming to their aid and helping them. Strengthening them by their faith and by their words and by their actions. We do the same thing in our lives today. As I say, when I went to visit Brother Jerry, I went to cheer him up. I don't know if I did or not, but he cheered me up. I got probably more out of that visit than he did. Folks, that's what being a child of God is all about, isn't it? Caring one for another. There's not a thing in this world. See these people on the front row down here and the couple people on the back row? I would do anything in the world for any one of those, anytime, anywhere. I would give my life for any one of them in a heartbeat. But that's about as far as that love would go. But I have the privilege of being brothers and sisters with all of you. 
and you with me. And we love one another. We care for one another. That's why we are to bear one another's burdens. To lift one another up in times of difficulties and depressions and challenges in our lives. Isn't it wonderful to be a child of God and know that we can love one another that much? And as a result of that, as we love one another, we continue to grow in our love for one another. And our willingness and ability to help and encourage one another. Again, we're all strengthened as a result of that. And we can be at peace and contentment and happiness in this congregation because we love one another. I pray for this congregation every day. I know that you do too. That God will continue to bless us richly as He has for so many years. Over 109 now. And it will continue to grow in love and peace. And it showers over in everyone else's life and helps them also. Now, since God has given you and me every good and perfect gift, including salvation, I've got a question. What can I give to God? Remember, Jesus said in Matthew, in, in, in Acts chapter 20, verse number 20, 35, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. When I come to comprehend completely, when I come to accept what God has done for me, and when I come to a full appreciation of what God has done for me through the life of Jesus Christ who shed His blood for my sins, then I realize that I'm eternally thankful for all those gracious gifts that He's given me. What should be my response to that gift from God? You know you respond to gifts that you receive, don't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy, that's a pretty tie. You think I'm ever going to wear that? Wow, this is beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much. We make responses to gifts. Saturday day, people take the response of the gift of salvation, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ when they were baptized, rising to walk. Okay, I'm a Christian now, but I'm going to walk the way I want to live. You see, we've missed the boat, haven't we? We miss the fulfillment of what Christianity is all about. Being a child of God is all about. Jesus taught me through His 33 years on this earth and through His death on Calvary's cross that living is more about giving than it is receiving. We need to focus on that. Think about it daily and constantly in our lives. Since God has given me every good and perfect gift, including my salvation from sins, He has given me the gift of a way to live this life and the hope of eternal life in heaven. What should my response be to that? How will I respond to that gift? There's only one way. Ask, God, what can I give back to you? That's what giving is all about, isn't it? I've seen the perfect example of giving. And I know the fulfillment and the culmination of that perfect example. Jesus said, I gave my life for you. And the song says, What hast thou given for me?
That's a challenging question, isn't it? But I would challenge us today, brothers and sisters in Christ, that that is the question that when we answer it to its completion, our lives will be fulfilled, will be strengthened. God will be glorified by the way we live our lives. Oh yes, I'm just a nobody in millions of people in God's church. No, I'm a somebody. I'm valuable to God. I want to make myself useful to God. And so my question about the greatest gift of all is, what can I give to God? The answer is, I will give Him my life one day at a time. All day, every day, till the last day. What is the result of that? God will be glorified. The world will be made a better place. I will be strengthened and encouraged and motivated to do even more for my God. I'll be strengthened. And the beautiful part of it is, to bring it down to an earthly term, the last present I will ever open will be when I take my final breath on this earth. As God's faithful child, I'll be taken to His paradise and then wait eternity with Him. The greatest gift of all. How could anyone not respond to that? As you look into your heart this morning, is your life right with God? God has given you the gift there for you, but you must accept it. A package sitting under the tree is of no value to anyone until it's opened. God's gift of salvation is worthless to me until I open my heart and receive it. By hearing the Word of God and believing that Word of God, I want to live that Word of God. Therefore, I will repent of my sins. I will confess to myself and to this congregation to all the world that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then I will meet His cleansing blood in that watery grave of baptism, a death, a burial, and a resurrection just as He did, rising to walk in newness of life, a child of God, on my way to heaven, the recipient of the greatest gift of all. If you have not done that yet in your life, why not? Today would be the great time to do it. Or as a child of God, if you've done that, but you've wandered back away, you need to repent of sins publicly and and confess those sins and pray to be forgiven. If we may assist you in doing that, let it be known by coming to the front as together we stand and sing this song. Tending a load of care Are you a soul that's seeking Rest from the burden you bear Do you know my Jesus Do you know my friend Have you heard He loves you and that He will abide till the end Where is your
thankful on this Lord's Day for the privilege of worshiping God and having His time together. Thank you for visiting with us today. We have many visitors among us. Be sure and meet them. Be sure and say hi to Tim and Rachel, former members here who live out in the wild country of Texas now, Colorado, and we're glad to have them with us today. And also remember that there will be no service here this evening. Our next assembly will be on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Our closing song this morning will be number 376. 376. Joy to the world. Let's sing verses 1, 2, and 4. 1, 2, and 4. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. And heaven and nature sing Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns Let men their songs employ While fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains Repeat the sounding joy Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat, repeat the sounding joy. 